0: it's show 57 of the rim pro report this week the one and only elaine brodsky this show is sponsored by o'neill software well they're our good friends and uh yeah last week as you might know they had that uh, strategic partners conference i was lucky enough to attend and learn about a ton of cool new things they are doing Things that will solidify their position as the dominant record center software in the world. Oh, and another thing. The conference raised $26,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. $26,000. How sweet is that? So congratulations to the whole team at O'Neill Software for pulling off such a great event. If you want to learn more about them, you can visit them at O'NeillSoft.com. Well... I have a great interview for you today, so, well, let's get to it.
1: Welcome to the RIM R- 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 Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the RIM support services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. It mm. This show is full of interesting information, stories, Yes. important product and service reviews, Yes. and a cast of industry characters included. Yes! <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic phones. Scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams.
0: Yep, it's me. We're back, and uh, I want to say thanks for being a part of this show. I realize that we produce an interview every week, it just keeps coming and coming coming. And in talking with so many people, there is sort of a sense of Uh, in some conversations, saying, oh, I'm so far behind, you know, there's so many interviews to catch up on, and I realize that, so uh, I want to set your uh, guilt at ease. The goal of this is to produce uh, conversations, to let you in on interactions I have with so many cool people in this industry, and Uh, If they make sense to you, listen to them. If they don't, uh, let them go into uh, the last, uh, you know, into the outdated box. The, The reality is there are so many cool stories, so many cool people, people doing really neat stuff in this industry, and I love sharing it with you. Last week at the O'Neill Conference, I took all of my recording gear, my studio gear, and set up in a room just off the main hallway and had a chance to sit down with with what I consider a pretty incredible person. She doesn't get a lot of glory because her husband is larger than life, and well, he gets most of it. But the story of the record center that she was a significant catalyst in growing is easily one of the most known and recognized record centers on the planet. So today, I'm going to share the interview that I did with Elaine Brodsky, and a special one it is, I think. So uh, I'm looking forward to sharing that one with you in just a few minutes. Usually we focus on the news at this point, but frankly, the wires are a little blank this week. I want to wish all of those of you who are attending the Bare Metal Data Conference in San Antonio a great stay, uh, great learning, great knowledge, great speakers are coming. to, And, uh, you know, the networking itself and all the sessions for that conference should be very valuable to uh, those of you who are attending. If you're not, I'm sure we'll hear of it uh, next week. One other thing, Iron Iron Mountain announced yesterday, a proposed public offering of $300 million in aggregate principal amount of senior subordinated notes due 2019. Uh, Essentially, they're... uh, proposing debt the company intends to use the net proceeds from the offering for general corporate purposes including funding a portion of its shareholder payout commitments and possible future acquisitions and investments the exact terms and timing of the offering will depend upon market conditions and other factors Uh, so that's the that's really the big news of the week so if you've got news to share with me if you got things going on let me know about it other than that a pretty light week but that's okay I really want to get us quickly into this interview with Elaine Brodsky so hang on a second let me set that up and uh, get you ready to go hang on I am uh, extremely privileged to have uh, on the RimPro report today Elaine Brodsky and if you don't know her uh, I can't believe you don't but if you don't uh, uh, Elaine welcome Thank you. so good to have you here.
2: Thank you. Nice to be here with you.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I know that as I have observed uh, the city storage s- uh, story,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh, your husband gets a lot of glory. and And we know that. And he quite likes it, I think. Uh, but uh, you have played a significant role in the life of city storage, and I wanted to talk to you about your life there and and how you perceived it as opposed to how he did, because we've heard his side of it, but it'd be really cool to hear yours. Uh, but before we get there, tell me where you and Norm began.
2: Um, I met Norman, we used to call him Norman, at a wedding of a friend of mine, married a friend of his in Shaker Heights, Ohio, and uh, we've been married now forty-two years. Wow. So it, I met him probably like forty-four years ago.
0: Wow! And so, mm-hmm. were you from New York, Brooklyn, that area? No, no,
2: upstate New York, Elmira, okay. New York.
0: Elmira, New York.
2: I, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. Mark Twain is buried there.
0: And uh, didn't um, uh, Harry Chapin do a song about uptown New York? He was he was in Elmira yeah harry chapin i think it was harry chapin who did a song about that anyways uh so you met you met norm and so began your life or norman at the time so began your life and uh did you start working together how did the whole story emerge
2: no no i did not i was a school teacher when we got married he was an attorney and i used to go to work very early in the morning and leave him home he didn't leave till later in the day And uh, law was just not for him. He couldn't stand waiting in court. You know, he needs to have constant action going on. And I went on, we had kids, and then I became a health, mental health professional um, in the area of uh, alcoholism and drug abuse and compulsive gambling, Hmm. which ended up being very similar to entrepreneurs. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we went on for a while and I, I had worked for him once when he was an attorney for about 15 minutes. And he asked me to lie that he wasn't in the office. And okay. I said, I'm not lying for you. And he said, just tell him I'm not here. And I said, I'm out of here. I'm never working for you again. And that lasted for a long time until about the early 90s. My, our kids were grown. Yeah. I was looking for something else to do. I couldn't find what I wanted i had been brought up in retail when i was a kid right and been told that customer service is in my blood i didn't understand what that meant uh at that time and he said come to work with me and i'm thinking oh god how is this ever going to work out based on your
0: 15 minutes years earlier yes yes and
2: and who he is and and you know a little weird uh little did i know that um other people at work We're also saying, oh, my God, the boss's wife is coming. This will never work. And I figured, all right, I'll go in. You know, I'll try it. I wanted to start at the top. I wanted to have time off so I could go and, you know, do things with my kids. And I wanted to be able to travel with Norman when, you know, when we went away. So it was the perfect opportunity, but I really didn't think that it would last as long as it lasted or that it would ever go as far as it went.
0: So you start working at City Storage, and uh, Norman and Lewis were working together at that point And you came mm-hmm. in and, mm-hmm. and starting at the top. What role did you take
2: in the beginning? Uh, first of all, I didn't. Uh, I'm very sensitive to people's feelings, and I didn't want it to look like I was coming in and taking over anyone's job or okay. taking anything away from anybody. Right. Um, I had known everyone because up to that point I was running like the parties for the company or anything special that went on so I already knew everyone and I came in and um probably Norman said to me why don't you start looking at the contracts and see what's up with that well nobody had been paying any attention to them nobody had you know increased the rates or or change or, or done anything with them they were a mess so I started going through, and that's how I learned who the customers were. That's how I learned how the business ran. Oh, okay. No, and I, I was doing stuff that nobody was doing. Right. So it was perfect. I picked up on that. Our offices at that point were in the bowels of the warehouse, way in the back, where I'm sure that you have never seen, very few people have seen it.
0: I, I, I think I have.
2: Way, way in the back. Right. As a matter of fact, to go to the ladies' room in the winter, I had to put on a heavy coat because it was this horrible thing in the middle of the racks. But anyway, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't even see the outside the whole day. I never knew what the weather was like or anything, and I know my friends thought it was crazy, but I thought it was kind of campy. And I got very involved in just in, in, in loving it and yeah. seeing how the employees and how you could get through to them and motivate them um, was very similar to raising your children mm-hmm. and putting stars on the refrigerator when they brush their teeth um, and playing games with them like I would do if I was a teacher right. to motivate the kids. And these are adults. Most of them, they, are all, they were all um, inner-city workers. They didn't have much formal education. And they just sucked it up and they loved it. And they would do things for a t-shirt and for a sweatshirt that Norman just, he didn't get this at all. Right. And my father um, was an entrepreneur and okay. owned really um, nice stores in Elmira, New York, a men's store and three women's stores. So I always worked and I knew how to handle customers and employees. And I thought Norman's culture was the worst and i told him that and nobody would have gotten away with what i got away with right because nobody was going to go head to head with right. me, the way that i did and um so we worked in those offices oh what i wanted to say was there were there was no other office for me so i sat at a table right at a conference table that was my desk for a few years until we built the new offices So Norman and I were always in the same office.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And I had known Lewis because I went to Lewis's wedding, and so he is like another brother. Right. I have two brothers, and Lewis was my other brother. And Lewis and I really got along, and I know he was very nervous about how this was going to work out. Right. And it, in Lewis and I, more than not, were you know had to straighten Norman out. Right and um and it worked and i went to a conference the great game of business okay jack, jack stack, stack yeah open book management um i'd only been at city storage let's say for a year or two and norman went out to this conference and he said jack's a friend of mine but i don't believe in this stuff so go have a good time and i'll see you later so i went to one of those sessions yeah and i came out i said oh my god you're dead meat I love Jack Stack. I love this whole thing. We're doing this. And that's really how it got started.
0: So you really brought the whole orientation towards changing the culture to making this a vibrant uh, employee-focused environment. Yes, yes. Because Because I know he's out there talking about it as the most important thing, but it was really you.
2: He did not understand it back then. He is the money man. He is the visionary. He's a hundred steps ahead of you. I can't do what he does, and he can't do what I do. But he did realize there had to be only one culture. We couldn't compete. His culture was tough guy, scream yell, it's a warehouse, Elaine. None of this stuff that you're doing is going to work. And it does work.
0: So there's, there's legend about some of the things you've done. So what were some of the things you did early on to make this all work? What were some of the the things that you brought into the culture? What are some of the things you did, contests that, that people would get T-shirts for or whatever? What, what were some of those? They things? were
2: having problems in the very beginning with attendance and coming late to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, think back what the culture was in the early 90s these are these are guys they, they just came in you know they would be 15 20 minutes late and so when I went to that great game yeah a conference and I learned a, a major thing because in, in our business you've got different departments yeah you cannot have a game set up that's competing against each other or each department so that there's blame you want everybody to work together to a common goal. That's where we came up with our box game. That by everybody working together, we can achieve greatness. Right. Use our diversity and make it work together. Let's not pull everybody down and blame somebody, and then have to clean that up. Let's get the solution, take care of the customer, then we'll fix it right. and figure out what you know what we did wrong. Um, the other thing that I did was I hired. I was always, my, my mind was always open to something new and to learning. Right. I went to RE um, up in Ann Arbor, Zingerman Zingtrain. Okay, yeah. To learn even more about customer service. I took Noel with me. We were blown away by that. Okay, yeah. so, so we learned from that. Right. Then um, a customer called to complain about our service and I said, what's going on? And the more I learned, I said, oh God, we need help. Where do you get help? And I think Lewis may have met somebody at one of these conferences, the telephone doctor, Nancy Nancy Friedman.
1: Yeah.
2: I hired her organization right early on. Again, Norm was against this. He thought I was just spinning my wheels. It was not going to work. Within 24 hours of doing, this was the first training that we had really ever done.
0: For the employee.
2: For, yeah, for anything. Yeah. But I'm a teacher, so yeah. I, I wasn't afraid of it. And I, right. I really wasn't sure where any of this was going, but I just knew that I, it felt right. I went by my own intuition. I know what my father taught me, and it, and it was in my blood, like, like I said. Within 24 hours, we could not believe the change. Customers were calling, our employees were feeling it. Right. And I realized that this wasn't a one time thing. Mm. I now had bit off a lot right. because it had to be a constant education process, training. We took the old offices and made it into a, um, a training area. And I was running these sessions once a month for, depending, 60 to 75 of our employees, teaching them, you know, like, where does your paycheck come from? you they would say to me you i "I don't pay your paycheck the customer pays our paychecks right you know I, i funnel it through so that we can keep working light bulbs went on they didn't get it yeah so when you see a customer here you talk to them you make eye contact you say hello you smile right these are warehouse guys who who never thought that they should even look up at anybody you see norman walking around hey norm how are you today and norman will know your name right we brought in people from different departments into each session. They never even met each other. They didn't appreciate what the guys in the racks did. And let's say what dispatch was doing, right. or how they even interrelated. Yeah. You know, it was it, it was mind blowing. But it, what,
0: what's so interesting about that is there is a perception that this is all common knowledge. And the reality is what you you came into this uh, sort of as an insider, but also ha- never having seen it and realized all these people didn't even get it.
2: I knew nothing about the box storage business. If you have ever told me that this is where I was going to end up, I would have thought that you were crazy. But what I learned in retail, what I learned yeah. in school, what I learned in the classroom being a parent yeah. and, and in, in the mental health profession, it all of a sudden a light bulb went on and it, it all went together. Yeah and i just followed what i knew was right and 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 that's what happened and, and it blew us away yeah all it, of us it, you
0: i think you mentioned it earlier but uh, unless people even know the story uh, the whole box game you know in terms of right. how many boxes come in and how you kind of unified the team tell tell us a bit more right. about that one
2: well we came up with the um the million box game Which became the second 2 million, 3 million, and 4 million box game. Every 50,000 boxes that we got in, the employees would get a bonus check. Right. Because you want to play the game, you got to help each other, work together, keep the customers happy. That's how you get your paycheck. That's how we get more and more. Right. And even the customers got it. The customers loved it. We had these huge game boards put up in the warehouse in a very visual area and one time a customer came in and he had had a tour and he came upstairs to the conference room and norm would usually walk in and say well how was the tour and the guy said fine and norman said i know you've gone to other facilities how do we compare are you kidding me he says there's no comparison Your people are happy, they smile, everybody talk to me. You even notice that one woman downstairs changed her hairdo. He he says, I can't even believe this. I'm supposed to go back and get authorization to give you my boxes. I'm not even waiting. I'm telling you right now, you're getting my boxes. And I wanna know that they will make the next box level. Oh, okay. because of my boxes
0: and you had, you had big thermometers on the wall almost. Oh, where, where,
2: I did. We did. Well, we had the thermometers and then we had, we we made this pyramid, like the pyramid right. game on TV. Right. So I waited till the customer left and I got on the loudspeaker, which everybody can hear. Yeah. And I said, who said warehouse people don't make sales? You guys just closed an account.
0: Yeah. Just oh, by
2: so cool. your behavior. And I mean, and they they're, you could see them throughout the whole place. It just raises the level of excitement that they actually played a role in that
0: yeah oh that's huge uh, the uh, the uh, to me that this the stuff that has come out of the work that you've done has really differentiated you in a marketplace that is highly competitive lots of lots of people playing in that that space, but it really changed the the way. I've been there and just the energy in the place is quite amazing you can feel it you can feel it you walk in and and it's not just the building despite the fact that it's a cool building it's the people it's this this thing that just and you, you can't really describe it you can just feel it
2: I can teach it and I can pass it along but I needed the team of managers yeah to understand it and have it just trickle down to the lowest person on the totem pole. Right. And if you don't get it, then you cannot work for us. Right. And we stopped hiring for skills. We started hiring for attitude Yeah, because we can teach you anything. And as right. long as you understand our teamsmanship and the way we run city storage, you know, it just, it blows me away that the people don't get it. Yeah. And when I go shopping or, or I have an experience somewhere and I think I cannot understand people.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, and it, the the customer service people learned how to make a relationship with the customer on the phone. And we, we talked about all of this. We went into everything in such depth so that people got it. It, it was really an amazing thing. And oh, I, yeah. you know, I stepped down from doing that and Noel and her team now do that and they do it differently than I did. And it's fine because, you know, I had... Yeah, kind of exhausted everything that, that I thought that I had to say. And it's time for the younger people to come along. But you've got to have that cohesiveness. You've right. got to have that family feeling. I'm there for you. I will take care of you. I will help you. Yeah. yeah. Is it harder? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. harder. And and people have such issues and, and life is so tough. Yeah. And, you know, we went through a bad time in 9-11. I mean, here we are oh, ten, yeah. 10 years later. Uh, There was no business, and and things were horrible, and I couldn't figure out how are we going to get everybody back. And they, I said, "Oh my God!" They wanted a basketball tournament. I think that'll do it. And we had this unbelievable basketball tournament, and we just turned mentally turned everybody around.
0: Yeah, no, it. it, I I I have been for the Fourth of July parties (laughs) and uh, been there and. Uh, it's an incredible environment. Uh, one of the other things that stands out to me in, I, I think it's since you arrived on the scene, was the incredible contribution you've given back to the community and to you know the, the, the population that lives around right. you. Tell me a little bit about that.
2: Right, and we continue to, to do that to this day because yeah. a month ago we ran a kite festival for local PS 132. Um, for some reason, New York City is not giving out as many permits for these private things, and so the everybody knows who we are we've been yeah. there for we've been there before it became the place to live right and they told us to expect about four hundred people. We had twelve hundred people. Wow. Um, we did the Macy's um, fireworks, yeah that year. And I am going home tomorrow because Sunday we are running the taste of Williamsburg. There will be 50 restaurants and bars in our neighborhood, um, who set up little booths and people buy tickets to come and taste the food. There will be music. There will be speakers. There'll be politicians. And this is
0: all in, in, on your lot. It's in our parking lot. In your parking, uh,
2: the city wouldn't give them the permit they came and said if you don't have if you don't let us do it we can't do it. Yeah. Well, you know us, we love this. Right. So, they think they told me to expect like 1200 people. And wow. I'm telling them, guys, I know you're going to have way more than that. Wow. So, it's fun to be involved in in the community and why not give back to them? Yeah. I mean, they they've helped us. The community has changed and grown. I was the principal of the day at a school I really? was so excited i was the crossing guard i was wonderful
0: well and you and, and your your holiday programs that you've done uh, there, there's so many cool things that just are a part of the fabric of city storage now
2: i mean like we're, we're growing tomatoes okay right you know when you come in the gate there um yep. the, the um security guard the big guy teddy I said teddy let, let's grow some tomatoes here i don't have a garden you know so teddy's <laughs> growing tomatoes and you know bringing them to everybody i mean it's just easy to do this stuff it right. doesn't cost a lot and and it makes it so much fun yeah. and the decorating for the holidays i mean they are a riot with what they come up with yeah
0: yeah no it's very cool so uh if and and i realize in terms of it's you know your your role at city storage has evolved to the point of uh with the the sale of the business in terms of the way it was done you've you've kind of moved out of a day-to-day function yeah but, we are we are out yeah. of that uh and rightfully so it was you know it was it was, great.
2: It was time for me and norm i may right. not have been right for anyone else but we were getting up there and yeah. um
0: But looking back now, so you're out of it. You're out of the day-to-day reality of it. Although it's still very much a part of your heart. Yeah. Well, I live there. So (laughs) it's very much a part of who you are and and what you're about. But looking back now, if you could go back and tell you 15 years ago, when you started there, when you, you moved into, you know, the boardroom Mm -hmm. table, uh, trying to figure out what this would be all about. And you started looking at contracts. If you could go back now and tell her. Uh, and give her any advice what would you give her
2: hold on for the ride (laughs) you have no idea where this is going and we we really just didn't yeah and um we created a team i mean you know my team um they were amazing yeah norman knew how to harness them right and we were amazing yeah at, at what we created did we know what we were doing no did we know where we were going no but we just we didn't take no for an answer yeah. and we just kept coming up with things that felt right and i listened to my employees and heard what they said and heard what they needed um one day um, i saw some emails that were going back and forth and a customer had emailed and he meant to say sorry for the inconvenience and the in emails probably did spelling spell check and it came out sorry for the incontinence <laughs> and I said oh my god if these are going out coming into me like this I can't imagine what's going out they didn't know how to write emails they were using all caps they didn't know grammar they didn't know spelling I was like oh my god we need help right so from this school that I was involved in, I hired a teacher who would come in once a week. There was a group that she tutored. She came up with templates so that they would know what they could answer because most of their emails were, were pretty similar.
0: Consistent and, responses. Yeah, and yeah.
2: and she would work with them privately, you know, personally and and it was amazing. And I was worried that to put three or four people in a class that they would see who was there, they didn't care. Yeah. They were so happy to get the help. Then I see that they're starting to bring in their kids' homework because they couldn't help their children with the homework. That the kids' stuff was, was right. beyond what they knew. Right. And I said to her, just help them. Do whatever you can. I can afford the $50 an hour to get the tutoring that they cannot. Right. And this went on for quite a while. Wow. And, and they loved it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying, it, it's, it's just common sense, keeping your eyes open to what is needed, what can you do? Somebody's got legal problems, you gotta come up here. Come up and talk to Norm, let him look at the papers, but do it before you get yourself in trouble. Right. You know, there were women being abused, um, brought speakers in from the DA's office, and, uh, you know, people who needed help when they would go to the DA's office, uh, we knew people there yeah. and and got them help. That's just what you do. You do that in your family, you do that in your right. workplace. Like he said today, you're there more waking hours than you're home. Right. Take care of each other. That's what a good team does. That's what a family does. And our business was run like a, a mom and pop, Yeah. you know, or a company. One of the bigger companies that I won't mention the name, you know, a public company that does what we do, came to visit one day, the head guy. And we were having our session, and he saw what we were doing, and he said, I was never supposed to tell this story, um, I, we can't do what you do. Yeah. And you can, you can do what we do, but right. you don't know how to do it. Yeah. and um, how many people come to visit us constantly and see what we do and want to learn from it yeah. from all over the world right you know that book small giants that bo burlingham yeah uh, there's companies in there that come from europe and from south africa everywhere to find what do you do how do you yeah. do it how what can we learn from you yeah. it doesn't matter if you're in the restaurant business or you're in the box storage business or you make you know granola bars right you can still do it
0: well i i i have to say that uh having watched you guys for a long time and having worked with you uh a number of times uh you are you know i i think the reason it works is because you work you know and you have the eyes to see and you have the heart and the compassion to make those things happen and uh i i have to say i'm a huge fan and sorry that you're no longer in the game because uh, you you made here. It, you made it wonderful. I'm,
2: I'm here. Well, thank you, thank yeah. you. And I I was the city storage cheerleader. Yeah. I was the queen of customer service. Yeah. Uh, I created my own niche. Yeah. And it worked. And it paid off.
0: Very cool. Uh, one last question because we we've um, we've spent almost all the time that I I can even possibly afford to. But one last question: uh, What's it like truly to work uh, with your spouse and i'm not talking norman in this case but uh, a lot of people uh, in this industry uh, some people work with their spouse others don't what's the secret of success
2: um as i said before i don't think this would have worked when we were first married right i think because we've been married for such a, a length of time and we've gone through some really tough times together and we always bounce back and we're survivors we have great communication. He may not like what I have to say, <laughs> and I may not like what he has to say, but we do it and sometimes it's not pretty, right. you know? But it's, that's just the way it is. He's a, a complete opposite of me. Yeah. Maybe that's why it works. The main thing is trust, yeah. respect, and love. And those three things. If you, if you have that and you keep it in front of you, I trust Norman not to ever do anything that would jeopardize what we have worked so hard to gain. And I'm not talking about financial, I'm talking about the respect that we have. Right. Um, you, neither of, you will never see either of us drunk. You know, or behaving in a way, you know, like today he was a little irreverent, but everybody enjoyed it, and he knew the crowd, and right. it it's, worked with this group. He wouldn't do that, let's say, in another situation. Yeah, and it, and
0: this is his home community, right. In a way, because he's been a part of this, it's, and he knows
2: the business. It's yeah. not like he's standing up here and doesn't understand right. ex- everything about this business. So um, we're his
0: peers. We're not his. Yeah, we're not. Right. We're not from a different realm.
2: Right, and I mean, really, it was me, Lewis, and Norman. Yeah. I mean, and we were together all the yeah. time, and we just knew how to make it work. And yeah. we, we, as I said, we respected each other's differences, yeah, and communicated that very open communication yeah. with, with us.
0: Well, you created magic, and uh, I, I want to say that uh, I, I think. You should be honored as much as sometimes uh, your significant uh, other gets honored for uh, what has transpired. So thank you. Thanks for sharing your story with us. It's a pleasure, Elaine. It's been a blast to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Well, there you have it. Wasn't that a great interview? I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed doing Uh, it. It it was great to talk with Elaine and I've actually worked with Elaine over the years on projects and she is without question a sensational amazing person. It was great to talk to her about her journey and the story uh, at City Storage. Well that's all for this week. Thanks for being a part of it. Next week uh, I'm excited Uh, we're going to be visiting Uh, And I'm going to introduce you to a mountain-climbing Aussie who is part of our RIM community. He's got a great story to tell, and I think you'll be excited to hear it and know that he's one of us. So uh, that's next week. So please join us next week. Special thanks again to our good friends at O'Neill Software for their sponsorship of the show. I got a chance to meet many of the team, both from here in the U.S. and around the world. Uh, this is a great team that support a great product. And as I chatted with many of them, there is a significant amount of passion uh, they share for their clients and for what they're doing and are genuinely excited to do cool stuff for their clients. It's uh, really an interesting uh, dynamic to sit inside the room and watch these kind of uh, conversations unfold where... Uh, clients bring really cool requests and the software team eating them up going, yes, I think we can do that. Yeah, we, 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 we need your help. We want to get better. And it was cool to be a part of that. So if you want to learn more about O'Neill, it's a great place to visit them, oneillsoft.com. Well, that's it. We are out of here. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.